Purdue finished its European trip with a 4-0 record, responding Monday morning after facing its biggest challenge. Our takeaways from the long road trip, that's ahead on Golden Black Radio. Kyle Charters here, Brian Newbert as well, Tom Deanhart in a moment to talk football. Brian is next, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Brian, let's talk a little bit of basketball following uh, the Boilermakers' latest victory overseas. Purdue now 4-0 and on the season. Uh not sure that you define success uh, in such cases by wins and losses. Uh, not sure exactly how you always do on some of these foreign tours, but a uh, good thing to be 4-0. And it does seem like uh, Purdue is doing some things well. Among them, I think, is the performance of Trey Kaufman-Ren, who really seems to have taken a step forward this season. Yeah, you know, he's been really good all summer, and you know, he, he was actually really good all season last year when he got the opportunities. The issue was just he had the National Player of the Year in front of him. I think that if they had just – if you had just flip-flopped Edie and Kaufman-Wren last year, I think you would have had a guy who would have been averaging double figures last year who would have been, a, you know, one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten. You know, without Edie in Europe um, – I think that he kind of stepped into that role. He was kind of their de facto go-to guy, and they got him a lot of touches, and they put him in a lot of positions to score. And he just gave them that foundation. He was so reliable and so consistent and so productive. I, I thought he made he made good decisions as a passer. He shot the three okay. Um, and he was just kind of the guy that more often than not pretty played through. Yeah. And now the question is going to become, does that translate to when Purdue has the guy it's really going to play through back here <laughs> in a couple weeks? Um, the spacing issue between him, between Zach Eady and Kaufman Wren this year, when Kaufman Wren plays forward alongside Eady is going to be fascinating because that's yeah. two, that's two players who are very different, but also like kind of the same comfort zones around the basket and things mm -hmm. like that. And it, it, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, that's the obvious follow-up, which you ask and then started to answer yourself. So, I mean, how does Purdue do that? I mean, you know, Matt Painter has always hesitated to play two, quote, centers together at the same time. Now, I'm not sure that Kaufman-Rin's um, skill set is the same as, you know, the idea of playing uh, Trevion Williams and Zach Eady together, for instance. Uh, but as you said, they still have the same sort of comfort zone. So how does that work out? Yeah, no, I wouldn't call Kaufman Run a center. I think he just yeah. is a forward who had to play center last year because it was his best defensive matchup because he got so big and he got so strong uh, when he was hurt and when he was redshirting and when he was hurt while redshirting that I think some of the some of the defensive demands that come with the four in terms of switching screens and things like that and staying in front of quicker people as people play smaller and smaller, I, I just don't think that was the best fit for him. Uh, Caleb first fit better doing that. Mm -hmm. So Kaufman Rand wound up being the backup to the national player of the year. And uh, 
but he was only playing center because of some limitations that that barred him from playing forward. Now he's going to get that opportunity to play his more natural position. Um, and as I said, we're going to see how how this goes. It's not like this would have been, you know, AJ Hammonds and, and Isaac Haas playing together, or Zach Eady and Travion Williams playing together, or whatever combination it might have been because Kaufman Wren can play away from the basket. He can drive yeah. on people out in space. He can ISO people. He He's shown that his work this offseason on shooting threes has really paid off. I think between him and Caleb first, both of those guys can do more around the basket. They can do more as cutters. They can do more in terms of one-on-one matchups, 18 feet in than, you know, any of those traditional posts that Purdue have been able to do. Uh, more than Zach Eady can do. Um, now we're gonna. I think we're gonna see Zach Eady play a little more away from the basket, but that doesn't mean shooting jumpers. That means dribble handoffs and dives and more ball screen stuff and things like that. Um, but Purdue has some. There are some real differences uh, between Trey Kaufman Wren and Caleb First. You know, as opposed to the the you know more traditional seven footers and lower footed true big guys that Purdue's had over the years before. It's just a matter of, you know, Kaufman Wren is a guy who just likes his space on the block. Mm-hmm. And if he's driving on somebody from away from the basket, you're driving right into all the traffic that has yeah. to orbit Zach Eady. Um It's just going to be really important that he be able to be a consistent three point shooter because stretching the floor from that four position is, an absolutely essential element to offense, uh, in, not only in, in, at Purdue, but just in college basketball in general. Yeah. Another big takeaway, I think, from these games seems to be that Purdue shooting the ball pretty well. Now there's a difference between shooting the ball pretty well right now and shooting it well in November and shooting it well at Wisconsin and shooting it well against some random mid-major in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but, look, this is a Purdue team that, uh, needs to be able to shoot well if it wants to have the kind of success that it wants to have. Yeah, I wouldn't take too much um, from this trip in that regard, um, just because I think I think making shots in a bunch of one side games and against um, people who haven't scouted you, yeah. you know, uh, I think is very different. I think playing with a different ball is different. Um, I think. Playing with FIBA rules is a little bit different, um, but you know, shooters can shoot, and I, I I wouldn't worry at all about Fletcher Lawyer, for example, um, you know, because maybe he didn't shoot seventy percent overseas or whatever it might be. I think Trey Kaufman ran shooting well is significant because of the context of how much work he put into it this summer. Um, I think Miles Colvin shooting well is relevant because he just showed you his skill set, and I, I think he took the right shots. Yeah, I think that's really a really a challenge for young players who are as talented and have been relied upon in their basketball careers as much as he has. That they're able to understand that hey, I'm like the third or fourth option here, and I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to try creating thing. I'm just going to let the shots come to me. That he did that. And he made those shots at a really, really high rate, um, I think was very positive. Um, I think the mentality translates to, you know, college basketball more than the actual execution of the shots does. Uh, I think Trey Kaufman-Wren, you know, picked his spots better to shooting threes. Uh, I thought last year early on he was a little eager with that. Uh, he, he took some 
early shot clock threes that, you know, maybe will be okay this year at times, but last year were probably a little bit aggressive. Um, So it's kind of more the mentality uh, to me that's significant than it is the actual execution of the shots because, you know, we have seen time and time again that, you know, shot making in the offseason doesn't always translate. And, uh, you know, Purdue needs it to translate this year because that's arguably the single biggest key to their season is to simply just make more shots. Yeah. You can't have five of 26 happen again in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that ended their season uh, among other things, but that most notably, um, that should be an easy fix. I think, you know, year one to year two development on some guys part is really going to help in that regard. Um, so it's important, but I, I wouldn't put too much stock in what happened in Europe. Yeah. Purdue has a lot of familiar faces. One of those new faces, though, is, is Lance Jones, who seems like he seems like the right guy. At least, I mean, watching from afar here, clearly, uh, he seems to fit uh, what Purdue wants to do because of some of the versatility that he has. He, I mean, he looks when he's ran the point, he looks comfortable doing so. Uh, yeah. We know he likes to shoot the ball a little bit. Maybe he could even if he needed to, though I'm not sure he will need to. Once the season starts, maybe play a little bit of three as well. He's a guy who can go, it seems like, now maybe playing against some lesser defensive players, but it seems like he's a guy who can go get his own shot and get to the rim a little bit too. I mean, it just seems like a pretty good piece there for the Boilermakers because of some of his uh, uh, versatility, some of his experience, and you know, he's, he's played pretty well. Yeah, I think I, I don't necessarily think he's that pure point guard that Everybody seems to fawn over, but he's a really good basketball player. He's got a lot of ability. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, he's got a lot of physical gifts. Uh, I like the way he shot mid-range jumpers on the move in Europe. He seems like a guy who's going to be credible enough from three-point range to at least command people's respect. And, you know, that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. But the one thing Purdue needs from, you know, some of those uh, – some of those perimeter guys who are going to be their third or fourth scoring options is they just have to not be ignored yeah. out there because people are going to want to sag off somebody. And that somebody too often last year just didn't make people pay. And if, you know, him and the Cam Heides, the Miles Coleman's, et cetera, can just be guys who are going to make two out of five against somebody and make people guard them. Yeah, um, that's just a game changer for Purdue in terms of what they had last year. The thing about Lance Jones is I think his his positional versatility is going to be a real asset for them. He, he's going to be their backup one, I assume. He's going to see some minutes at the two and three, and I think that he's he's got that energy to him that I think he's sort of that guy who comes in the game and gets five quick points, and all of a sudden, you know, he's really impacted the game. But his also his. his his profile defensively, his mentality defensively, are just something Purdue doesn't have. And looking at him for what he is right now and looking at him in the context of what Purdue had last season, I think are two very different things. I think he's a good player. I think when you look at what you know Purdue had last season uh, in terms of some of these needs they needed to fill, I think he's a great player because yeah. he, he's, he just completes them um so much more than what Purdue had last season did you know David Jenkins made a lot of shots 
uh, became a pretty popular guy. He was a great dude, great teammate, uh, especially under, you know, in light of his circumstances where he could have just wanted to get his for a year. But I think that, you know, Lance Jones is obviously a better ball handler, more of a, more of a point guard, uh, and obviously much quicker and is going to be an upgrade from a defensive perspective. I just think Purdue found the guy, found the guy who fits, you know, damn near ideally. Yeah. Uh, Purdue won games during this trip. As I said in the top, I'm not sure that necessarily does or does not make it a successful trip. What, in your opinion, makes this a successful trip? Well, I, you know, I thought the one win that really mattered was this one today because yeah, you were, you were down, you know, you, you didn't have Zach Eadie the whole trip. You didn't have Ethan Morton the whole trip. Those are two. One is your best player. One's a, you know, an important rotation guy. Today you're down Camden, Heidi and Miles Colvin. You've got like seven dudes. Yeah. And that was by far the best team they played today. It was the most organized team. It was the most skilled team. It was the most physically impressive team. And, you know, Purdue just dominated the second half and, them kind of showing that winning instinct. Trey Kaufman Wren showing that ability to kind of take over a game there. Caleb first playing well. You know, Braden Smith was awesome out in Europe too, even though his, you know, scoring numbers won't show it, but he was he was really good. He really impacted games. I think today, more than any other game, you saw a real winning instinct come out of Purdue. Uh yeah. you know, they they were pushed in that first game uh and did the exact same thing. They they just dominated the third quarter. I think that's positive. I think going 4-0 and overseas is maybe not the most relevant way to put it. It's You have to kind of look at the at the micro stuff, how it happened. Is it micro or macro? We had this same – and we, we didn't solve this problem a month ago when we had the same discussion. We need to – maybe off line here, we need to figure this out. Well – Somebody can somebody can DM me or, or email me or something and just I've never gotten that straight. Uh, I've never really tried all that hard to get it straight, but I've still never gotten it straight. Anyway, looking at the nuts and bolts of how this happened is more relevant yeah. than the broad stroke just saying, oh, they went 4-0 in Europe. Because in reality, you know, when you're the one of the best teams in college basketball, even if you don't have um, your best player people aren't surprised when you go 4-0. Right. Um, you know, some, this competition in Europe sometimes is good, sometimes it's not so good. You catch these guys at a time when they're all coming back from their vacations or their summer's off and they're a little bit out of shape. They haven't practiced. The team that Purdue beat by 1,000 the other day uh, has four American players apparently that aren't there yet and would have made a big difference. Whether – you know, they would have played Purdue within 50 with those guys. I don't know. But uh, without them, they obviously had no chance whatsoever. They, that game was over at the jump ball. Yeah. All right, Brian, thank you. Yep, no problem. All right, let's bring in Tom. We'll talk a little football. We'll do that next. This is Golden Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. 
A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, let's talk a little bit of football. Uh, The Boilermakers, but only a couple of weeks away, a couple of weeks plus, a little less than three weeks, however you want to look at it. September 2nd is the big game for Purdue as, as the Boilermakers continue through camp. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of positions, Tom, that we expect to be uh, plus positions for Purdue. And I know there are two positions that you've had a chance to talk to here recently, uh, one on offense, one on defense. Let's talk a little bit of of offense first, that tight end spot. I mean, you look at that group uh, led by Garrett Miller, the guy who's coming back from injury. And I think for Purdue, Purdue has to feel good in a couple of different instances with its tight ends, right? I mean, A, guys who are reliable, pass catchers, who can move the chains, but also B, I mean, a couple of guys there, at least a couple of guys who on a team that might lack some downfield threats feels like at tight end, maybe it can get the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we talked to um, tight ends coach Monday, Seth Dagey, and um, he talked a lot about the athletic ability of these tight ends. Um, a lot of sort of sleek athletes, if you will, uh, who do have that ability to split out wide and, and be used in a in a, just a, in a variety of ways. And they have that speed that really have mismatches, he thinks, with these linebackers. Uh, you know, you split them out wide, and if a linebacker's got to try to cover a guy like Garrett Miller, Paul Paferi, or Drew Bibber, you know, they could have trouble maybe keeping up with their athletic ability, Kyle. And these guys are pretty big, too. You're talking about Ferry's a legit 6'5". Garrett Miller's got to be close to 6'5". You know, Bibber's up there. Uh, so it's a, it's a big uh, – it's a big, tall group of tight ends, a big athletic group of tight ends as well that that they're going to want to make ample use of. And um, I think, obviously, at times, Cal, we're going to see a couple of them on the field at the same time, too. Yeah, in this air raid Graham Harrell offense, what what will those two tight end sets or single tight end sets look like? Well, there, there will be times where we see an H back, right? Yeah, yeah. Would be one of those. And then, you know, times that we'll see them off the – uh, you know, line of scrimmage. How often will they be on the line of scrimmage as blockers? Uh, do you do you know all the answers to those things, or do we have to see that, you know, in in games yet to really know? Yeah, it's going to be probably a, a matchup situation. What the opponent's doing defensively, down in distance. You know, uh, 
again, the looks that they're getting from the other defense and how they think how they think they can counter those looks, those schemes. Like you said, I think Seth Dig even said it too. Uh, you know, basically three different spots these guys are going to be playing. Um, you're going to have the, the the classic inline tight end. You're going to be split out at times. And then you talked about the H-back look too. They're going to be used as H-backs out of the backfield, put them in motion, um, you know, get them, give them ahead of steam. So uh, they're, they're going to utilize them in those three primary ways. And again, Kyle, it's probably just going to depend on what defenses are, are, are trying to take away from them, uh, what the overall defensive plan looks like, and again, where they're at on the field and what that down and distance is. Let's talk a little bit of defense, too, and one of the positions over there that we expect to have some success. Certainly, we have talked about them before, and that's an outside linebacker in this new system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brian Walters, Kevin Kane system that will put them up often on the line of scrimmage, uh, four or five-man fronts, give them a lot of responsibilities uh, among those to be uh, presumably attack the quarterback. We think Purdue can have some success there, man. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think the, really, especially the trio, right, of uh, Nick Skyerton, Kydron Jenkins, and Corday Sidnor can have a lot of success in this system for Purdue. There's no doubt. Those are your, those are your big three, if you will. Um, Probably a couple of these two pros in that group, I think. Scourton, I know he's only a true sophomore, but he certainly seems to be a guy who's been trending that way. And then Corday Sidner, redshirt sophomore. Um, I saw some really talk about him in, in some mock 2024 drafts. And then talked about Kydron Jenkins, the veteran, uh, the true warrior of the group. Not, not the tallest guy, Kyle, but maybe the toughest of all on that entire defense. And then some young guys, Will Health, a true freshman from Carmel. They like him a lot. Uh, Roman Petrie is a redshirt freshman um, from Louisiana, uh, another long body who seems to be developing. And then they have the, the wildly, another wildly vet, if you will, Scotty Humpitz, who hasn't played a lot of Purdue. Got here last year from Murray State, was hurt a lot last year. He's been wearing a red jersey for most of camp, and maybe the light bulb will come on for him too. So no shortage of, of – of talent for Joe Deneen, who coaches that position. And I, I asked Joe Deneen when we spoke to him, I, I've always heard so much about how this is a unique defense. And I asked him, really, what, what makes it unique? And he says, Co- Coach Walters, you know, he says it, it, it's the way they, they, they want to try to get the quarterback just to try to beat him. They, they, he says they play against the quarterbacks, you know, trying to con- confuse the quarterback, make everything look the same, and then from there, you know, sort of change right before the, the, the ball is snapped. So a lot like the offense, I don't think the defense is going to do a whole lot. They're going to try to dress things up and confuse you with different looks. And then, like I said, switch pre-snap. They want their guys not have to, th- to not have to think a lot to be able to play fast. And, of course, when you play fast, you're going to play with some confidence and just get after it. Yeah. If you can be good at that position, you can have a good defense. You can rush the passer guys, and, and yeah. create some confusion. I mean, it can it can help mask some other uh, weaknesses that you have defensively, for sure. And they, and they want those guys, they want those outside linebackers to get upfield. Um, he says that you have to earn the right to rush the passer on first and second down, but primarily the goal of these outside linebackers is to get, get up the field, get in the backfield to make plays. And Bruce got some athletes who, who look capable of doing that. Let's talk a little bit of recruiting. One of those players – uh, that Purdue picked up last week, Jalen Jones, uh, is an outside linebacker. Uh, so at that position, so Purdue continuing to add to its 2024 class here, even 
into August. Uh, what can you tell me about Jones? Boy, another one of those long bodies, Kyle. I'm six foot five, pretty slight right now, only about, I think the recruiting sites list like 215 pounds. So yeah, just a guy with, with a lot of potential, um, had a, had a pretty decent, pretty decent list of offers, you know, uh, coming out of high school, SMU was a school. I know he was looking at hard Baylor and a few others down in Texas. So, um, yeah, a guy, a guy that liked to work off that edge, like, like Will Helton, Roman Petrie, and some of the other names I just mentioned. So I believe they're up to 22 commitments in the class of 2024 at this point. Um, things have slowed down, obviously, at this point. Um, they do have one commitment for 2025. People may have already forgotten back in June. They got a, a linebacker from Texas, Kiki Abrams, who committed. And uh, who knows, Kyle, there's a, there's a quarterback from Texas, uh, Sawyer Anderson, who's supposed to make his announcement on Tuesday. Uh, he sent out a tweet with myriad logos of schools on there. <laughs> Purdue was one of them. And he, he did visit Purdue in, in late July. I know that. He's a guy that certainly is on Purdue's radar. I know Purdue certainly feels like it has a chance, so maybe we'll find out something Tuesday if Purdue gets a quarterback for this 2025 class as well. He's a he's a shorter quarterback, a real true dual threat, not even six feet tall. Um, but, again, I'm not saying he's Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, but he's sort of cut from that mold, if you will, physically. Yeah. A guy who can run it and throw it. So, uh so, yeah, that's something for fans to sort of watch for on Tuesday. Yeah, certainly will be. We know those quarterbacks often make decisions early. Uh, we'll see if uh, he chooses Purdue or goes elsewhere on Tuesday. Hey, uh, thank you, Tom, as always. You got it, buddy. Take care. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.